Hello! Are we ready? Yes. Greetings, Team Ajilam. Karibuni sana tena. We are now on our seventh episode of the Axe series. Please hang in there. <laughs> this is such a good book and it's filled with so many gems. And uh, we're we are actually now still... <laughs> we're going to make progress, guys, but we're still on chapter five. <laughs> Ah, we're still at chapter 5. But anyway, so if you remember last week, we learned about um, money and possessions, right? I hope you guys have been putting into practice the things that we learned. And the fact that, you know, that there's a spiritual connection. There's a connection between our spiritual lives and how we handle possessions, as we saw from the early church. And uh, I hope it was a blessing to you guys and that you guys are actually practicing the things that we talked about so that we can be able to remove this danger from our lives. Uh, not really remove it, but more like tame this danger from our lives. Um, so, like I said, today we're going to look at chapter 5, okay? Tuko chapter 5 of the book of Acts. And um, I want us to read from verse 12 to 16. Sawa? Sawa. And it reads, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least, at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the other towns, from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by, by impure spirits and all of them were healed. Amen and amen and amen. So now today, um, I want us to look at one specific character um, that was still and is still an incredible anchor for uh, the Church of Jesus Christ. I want us to look at Peter. I want us to look at the life of Peter and, uh, you know, the man who, that we just read, whose shadow, <laughs> guys, his shadow <laughs> was healing guys, man. Like, like guys were like, <laughs> hey, can you imagine that? Like, they were there waiting for his shadow so that they can be healed. If at least his shadow. You know, Peter's life is one of the most extraordinary um, stories of transformation in the, in, in, in the scriptures. Um, and um, I want us to be able to look at, it, at, at the life of Peter. Um, in verse 15, like we read, Peter's shadow literally healed the sick and, you know, this act alone was something that was, that Jesus himself didn't even do. Jesus' shadow wasn't healing, guys. You know what I mean? Like, at least they didn't say it, 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 it was. The Bible doesn't say so. And, and you know, what this is, is, is kind of a, a reflection of what Jesus said regarding what would happen once he, he leaves, right, to those who believe in his name. Where it says in John 14, verse 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Amen? And when you look at this whole thing about Peter's shadow being able to heal people, this is definitely undoubtedly um, greater things than Jesus uh, did when he walked on this earth. And of course, I find it that it's no coincidence that Peter was the first to be able to be the one to demonstrate these greater things that Jesus talked about that would happen for those who believe in his name. And like I said, Peter's life is perhaps probably one of the greatest redemption stories ever recorded um, in scripture. Um, so just a bit of a background around who Peter was. Peter was a fisherman by profession. And the thing is, is that at the time, fishermen were 
considered to be you know manly men you know guys with hot tempers you know vulgar language um you know they were traditionally uneducated guys you know street smart you know these 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 were the 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 guys you know guys in the fish market you know who work hard breathing you know the the, the heavy seas you know these are manly men you know and you know they were stereotypically you know men of action you know um very physical and afraid of others and you know you actually see this peter demonstrating this you know when if you remember when they came to arrest jesus that peter was the one who you know withdrew his sword and went to cut off the ear of uh, the servant of the high priest um no actually it was uh, the soldier cut off the ear of the soldier um and so this was you know fishermen so you know peter was 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 a fisherman and and in many times when you look at how Peter's life is, 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 is spoken of, you begin to see this in his personality, right? Um, so, you know, think of him in the sense of like this kind of like, you know, try and imagine this kind of like crude, you know, loud man, yeah? Probably like a, a Kachia's Baba guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys, there's a pal of mine who used to make fun of these two rugby guys, yeah? You know, these guys are you got my gut <laughs> you know loud obnoxious vulgar it's, i apologize but that's just how i i view this guy <laughs> so that's how peter was you know what i mean ah that's so amazing i'm telling you jesus is such an amazing guy like i can't believe he hung out with this guy not only did he hang out with this guy it was one of his best friends um and you know the thing that's so interesting is that you know peter we know that you know this this is so clear that he was probably without a doubt revealed as one of these guys you know kind of very loud boisterous um, obnoxious vulgar you know that you know the first time he meets with jesus you know he knew he was a sinful man he knew he was a sinful man in fact his reaction to jesus was unlike any other disciple that jesus called um he knew he wasn't worthy of this great rabbi or teacher calling him to be one of his disciples. In his first encounter with Jesus, what happens is that, you know, he used to be called Simon at the time. In his first encounter with Jesus, Jesus is, comes and he uh, begins to teach on one of their boats. So he's like, oh, there's a rabbi. And, and he comes to Simon's, Peter's boat. And he begins to teach on the, on the boat as the people are on the beach. So Jesus is there teaching on the boat and this boat belonged to Simon Peter. And when, after Jesus was done preaching, instead of kind of paying these guys, he's like, hey, Peter, you know, cast your net on, cast your net into the whatever, into the, the lake. And he's like, ah, bro, we haven't caught anything. It's like, cast your net on the lake. So they finally did that and they cast their net. And it says that they caught so many fish that their nets had to break. And in fact, turns out that, um, so the guy who introduced uh, Peter to Jesus was Andrew, his brother. And um, turns out that James and John, right? James and John, who are also disciples of Jesus Christ, were partners with Peter and his brother in fishing. So they, so Peter comes and he calls his guys like, yo, my guys, my guy, we've caught so much fish, bro. Like, we need to find a way that, it, it says that they caught so many fish that their nets broke. And when their nets broke, that's why the, Peter had to call now uh, James and John to come and help him. And after witnessing this miracle, Peter falls on his knees, like immediately. And he says, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I can imagine, because it's probably like, dude, me, I'm, I'm that guy, bro. Yeah? I'm vulgar, I'm, a, I'm just like a guy. You know what I'm saying? He's like, <laughs> just that guy, I'm a sinful man. 
and he knew very clearly that he wasn't worthy to be in Jesus' presence considering the man that he was. But then Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Basically, what Jesus was saying, bro, was he tense? Was he tense, bro? I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Okay? And so, in the most radical move, what happens after this is that both him, James, and John, literally what they do is, is that they pull their boats on, onto the shore, and it says that they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. And so, from that point on, we now begin to see his character unfolding. And, and, and his character unfolding in very interesting ways in that, one, we recognize that, one, he is one of Jesus' closest friends. Jesus had the 12 disciples, but he had an inner circle of James, uh, uh, John, and, 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 and Peter. Right? These were his closest homies, right? But the thing is, is that we also recognize that Peter had so many shortcomings. So many shortcomings. And let me just list for you a couple of them. So, one, like I mentioned to you in the beginning, he's fisherman, whatever, all that stuff. This is now other shortcomings that he had. Peter is revealed to us as a guy who had trouble understanding things. Like, basically, he was kidogo slow, right? <laughs> like, there's a, there's a time where Jesus is teaching and, and, and Peter comes to him and he's just like, bro, I don't understand what you're saying. And Jesus is just like, bruh, how do you not understand what I'm saying? Like, are you, are you, are you also short of understanding? Basically, Jesus was like, oh, why are you being like this? You know what I'm saying? Why are you being... It's almost like I can see Jesus with that ca 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 face, the one for WhatsApp, the ca thinking face. Like, why, nigga, why are you so dumb? <laughs> ah! Yes, I, I think Jesus had those kind of thoughts. But anyways, but the thing that's so beautiful is that um, even in as much as he was revealed to be kind of like, you know, short of understanding certain things that jesus said jesus was always so patient with him like always so like even when he after jesus is like bro how do you not understand what i'm saying jesus would go on to explain things to him and and he took time to explain things to peter um and he'd still respond to him even though sometimes he was kidogo slow you know <laughs> peter also had some faith challenges i don't know if you guys remember the story of uh, the, him walking on water and where he literally comes and he tells Jesus who's walking on water and be like, yo, Jesus, if it's really you, ask me to come and walk on the water. And so he, Jesus is like, come. And so, you know, Peter starts to walk on, on water and it says that in between Uko, he begins to be overwhelmed by this whole experience, the sea, the everything, and he begins to be afraid and he starts to sink and he begins to cry out to Jesus, save me. And Jesus comes and reaches out his hand and rescues him. And the, as soon as Jesus rescues him, he, he looks at Peter and he's just like, not even he asks him, he says to him, wow, what little faith you have. <laughs> ah, this is how Jesus is talking to Peter. He's just like, man, you really have kidogo faith. Eh? He's just like, and then he asked him, why did you doubt? You know, so Peter, Peter had some, some faith challenges. You know, another, another, another interesting experience is, you know, during the transfiguration of Christ, which is one of the most divine moments recorded in the Bible, Jesus is literally shining like the sun, literally shining like the sun. And at this point in time, he has taken both Peter, James, and John up to the, to the mountain. And, and at the top of this mountain, he begins to shine like the sun, Jesus, and begins to reveal his, his glory. And he's talking to Elijah and Moses, right? Um, and so there's this divine moment that's happening that James, John, and Peter are witnessing. And 
literally in between this whole thing as Jesus is here having this conversation with, with Elijah and Moses, Peter comes through to interrupt <laughs> and he's like, excuse me, you know? And he, he comes to interrupt them to talk about how he wants them to... Jesus, so should we build like three houses, eh? some three tents here? So one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Why don't we... So we can do that. And as he's speaking, he's interrupted by God the Father. And I can imagine in that situation where James and John are looking at Peter like... And not even just James and John, but I can imagine... <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in a deep conversation with someone that's so rewarding and then someone comes to interrupt you with such a boring story. Like you're just there like, oh gosh, like who is this person? I can imagine Moses and Elijah just being like, Jesus, who's this guy? Like, <laughs> who is this guy who has just come to interrupt us with such a boring story? We're here talking about the the eternal eternal salvation and probably talking about like you know the things that god the father has been teaching us in heaven here's a guy who wants to come and talk about tents <laughs> ah, i don't know why this is so funny to me like because i feel like i know people like this and peter was that guy like peter was that guy like he was just that guy who was just he didn't he, he didn't understand the moment he didn't understand what was, like, the, like, James and John understood, they're like, wow, like, this is, and he didn't understand the moment, to the point where God the Father interrupts him, <laughs> interrupts him to be like, hey, please, stop talking, eh? and whatever. Anyway, that's Peter. Peter was the guy who, uh, I'm listing his shortcomings, was the guy who, you know, speaks for Jesus without consulting him. I remember the time when the, when the people, the, the tax collectors came to collect tax from Jesus, and the thing is, is that, Jesus, the, the, rule, the, the, the rule at the time was that you don't collect tax from citizens. And so Peter commits Jesus to, to paying tax, right? So he's just like, they come and they ask Peter, yo, your master doesn't pay tax? And he's just like, yeah, of course he pays tax, bro. And he goes to Jesus and Jesus is just like, even before he says anything, Jesus is just like, my guy, who's supposed to pay tax in this country? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's, who's the one who's supposed to pay tax? A citizen or a foreigner? Peter is like a citizen. I, I think at that moment, that's when Peter is like, oh, I should have told those guys. <laughs> I shouldn't have told those guys that you're, you're an in here. But anyway, because Jesus didn't want to cause offense, and, you know, he was looking out for his boy, he decides to pay this temple tax, right? Um, man, the stories are so many about this guy. <laughs> this guy was so interesting. Peter, in Matthew 16, 20-23, after... Jesus has come and he's told his disciples. In fact, this, what's so amazing about this is that if you literally go to the scripture before, Jesus is complimenting Peter for a revelation that he had. We'll talk about this. But then, literally like the, the next verse, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and telling them about how he must suffer and die um, at the hands of um, all these guys. Um, and he starts talking about what he's about to experience um, on the cross. And Peter has the audacity to take Jesus. He literally takes Jesus aside. And it says that he began to rebuke him. That Peter began to rebuke Jesus because of his plans to suffer and die at the hands of sinners. Because for him, he's just like, bro, that's not a plan that sounds good to me. This is Peter. That plan doesn't sound good to me. What do you mean you're going to die? Yeah? And Jesus... It's so interesting that Jesus literally responds to Peter, saying, get behind me, Satan. This is what he said to Peter. 
<laughs> as Peter came uh, to pull him aside to rebuke him about all these things that he's talking about that were not part of what Peter's plan was. Peter was like, bro, you're supposed to be the one who comes to take over Israel. What do you mean you're dying? Nah, fam, you're not going to do that. Peter was the guy of hype. He was the hype guy. You know, when Jesus came and he told him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, bruh, me, my guy, we're going down Pamoja. Me and you, my guy, I'm your boy, fam. I'm with you all the way to the end. All the way to the end, bro. Fam, as soon as, as, <laughs> as they came for Jesus, the, the, it says the disciples scattered. And it says that this guy ended up denying his homie three times. Three times he denied his homie. Someone that he had been friends with for three and a half years, had seen all the things that he had done and had literally committed himself to this guy. But here's the thing. If you think that these are things that only happened because it's like this was Peter before the Holy Spirit, right? That this was now like, you know, Peter before Jesus is resurrected and now he experiences a new life. This is the thing that happens with Peter. You know, it says in... Um, Acts 10, right, which we're going to look at later, uh, it's going to be a study for later, when he gets the, this is about the story of Cornelius, where it says that after receiving an instruction from the Lord, where the Lord says to him, eat, he literally sees a vision of God bringing down food, and it's reptiles, whatever, there's a bunch of things that are there, and the food comes down, and the Lord says to Peter, eat, and Peter says to the Lord, surely not, Lord. <laughs> surely not what do you mean he's just like me me i can't eat that lord <laughs> that's what that was peter he's just like me i can't eat such thing lord i can't surely can you imagine like peter this is this is the guy that peter was right where he's he's again just like the way he talks to jesus he's rebuking god <laughs> uh, peter was rebuking god telling him ah no 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 bro that doesn't sound good to me i can't do that not only that peter is the guy in, where it says in Galatians 2, 11, where literally Paul speaks and rebukes Peter for being a hypocrite. Because what Peter had done is, is that because he was so, and we'll see this later, but like he was so sold to the, the opinions of the Jewish Christians. And he was so afraid of, I don't want to say afraid, but he was kind of like, he, he cared so much about their opinion that he began to uh, show signs of hypocrisy against the Gentile Christians, right? And it says here that Paul literally rebuked Peter to his face. That's what it says, to his face, because he was showing hypocrisy, signs of hypocrisy. These are all things that happened during the time when the early church, all that stuff is happening. This is when Peter is there doing all these things, right? So now the thing is, is that before Jesus, he's a sinful fisherman, a crude, boisterous guy. And with Jesus, he's still the guy of blunders. And even as one of the leading apostles, he's also a guy whom we see having multiple blunders. Like things that he did that were just kind of like, like, wow, who's this guy, right? Yet even after all this, he's revealed to be one of Jesus' closest friends. He's the guy whom we see greater things being done. Greater things where literally Peter is the guy whose shadow brought healing to people. That his shadow brought, like people were coming just so that they could just experience him walking by. And just his shadow would heal people. This is the guy 
that was the first to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ on the day of Pentecost. If we saw in Acts 2, he was the first person to stand up and begin to declare the message of Jesus Christ. He was the first one also to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. That even before Paul had begun his ministry to the Gentiles, Paul was the first one that God sent to go speak to Cornelius, who was a Gentile. And he was the first one of the first of the apostles to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And in his most remarkable act to date, it is captured in Matthew 16 and verse 16, where Jesus is asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds saying, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him that this revelation did not come from you, but it came from my father above. That not only was there an affirmation from Christ Jesus of Peter, there was also an affirmation from God the Father of Peter. If you remember, Jesus prayed before he selected the disciples and Peter was one of them. And then he says to him, and this is what Jesus says to Peter, after he says that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And in fact, the way that I see it is that that revelation of him saying that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, was almost in a sense like Jesus knowing, aha, so you are the guy. You're the, you're, the, you're the guy. And he says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter was the rock that Jesus would build his church. This sinful, boisterous, imperfect man would be the rock that Jesus would build his church on. My friends, I don't know about you. But personally, when I was preparing this, I was just like, man, I see so much of myself in Peter. So much of myself in Peter. That as a person with so many flaws, you know, too many to be named. Sometimes I ask myself, Lord, like, why do you put up with me? <laughs> to be honest, like, oh, I'm like, I'm a sinful man. Why do you put up with me, with a man like me? Why do you concern yourself with someone as flawed as I am? Peter is one of the most glorious representations of the insurmountable grace that has been revealed to us in Christ Jesus. If you remember the story of the crippled beggar that we did, um, where, um, that was the third episode, where he, or fourth, where he had been healed, the crippled beggar, if you remember in Acts 3, who was healed, Peter, while explaining what just happened to the crowd in regards to how this guy was miraculously healed, if you remember the story, Peter and John pray for, speak to this guy, and he, this crippled beggar who used to sit at the temple gate called Beautiful. If you remember that story, Peter, while explaining what just happened to the crowd that was amazed at the healing, says, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. And what Peter begins, what he reveals to us, is that the mighty works being done through him 
were not on account of his power or godliness. It is on account of Jesus Christ and his name being glorified. Peter was a man with many, many flaws who never rejected being used by God. He was a man with many flaws but refused to let go of Jesus. He did not reject God's love towards him. He was a man that literally epitomized what the journey of sanctification looks like and was willing to learn how to be better and who, in spite of his shortcomings, boldly preached the message of the new life that we have received in Jesus Christ. This is why you realize and you notice that one of the key themes of his letter to the church in 1 Peter is the message of sanctification that we receive through Christ, powered by his Holy Spirit. You know, while Paul, for the most part, when you look at Paul, and for the most part, what Paul's message is really about is about justification, the justification that we receive through Christ, which is imparted righteousness. So if you, remember, if you think justification is imparted righteousness through faith in Christ Jesus, that we are made right before God through faith in, in Christ Jesus, that we are justified before God through faith in Christ Jesus, the message of Peter speaks of sanctification. And sanctification, again, we receive through faith in Jesus Christ, which is, in a sense, what sanctification is, is the process through which we are given the ability, through the Holy Spirit, to grow in holiness. So while Paul speaks of justification, that we are made right through faith in Christ Jesus, what Peter speaks of is sanctification, that we are made holy through faith in Jesus Christ, that it is through faith in Christ Jesus that we are made better, that we grow in holiness, that we experience sanctification, that it is through this process that we become better and better because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he speaks about this in, at length in his first letter to the church. And if, if there's anyone who epitomized sanctification, it's Peter. Where in spite of his many flaws, we see him grow from this deeply flawed person to becoming this bold leader in the faith whose character we see transformed throughout the New Testament. We can, we can, we can, we can see him begin to grow even as he writes the letters. You begin to see his character growing. And so the thing that we can learn from Peter's life is that even though we have many imperfections, God still chooses us and does not give up on us. That through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit who works in us to become like Christ. And therefore, even when we falter, we must not give up. Even when we mess up, we must not let go of Christ. Just like Peter, we serve a God who loves us as we are, but he also loves us too much to leave us as we are. That in as much as he loves us as we are, he will never leave us as we are. He is the God who sanctifies us. That through faith in Jesus Christ, we are automatically enrolled into the school of transformation. And therefore, we must never lose patience with ourselves and with others. Because God promises us a new life in Christ Jesus. Where he will see to it that the good work that he has begun in us, that he will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so when you feel compelled to judge others, remember Peter. And when you feel compelled to judge yourself, remember Peter. 
that as long as we are connected to the vine, our transformation is guaranteed. Peter, at the end of his life, he died a martyr. He was, he was, he was crucified. And it says that he was crucified upside down because he didn't want to count himself worthy to die a similar death to that of Jesus Christ. So they crucified him upside down. Can you imagine that? But even in his death, he had Christ in mind. Today, we do not remember Peter as the guy with many flaws. Today, we remember him as the rock on which the church was built. A man fiercely devoted to Jesus Christ. A man whom God used so mightily that even his shadow healed the sick. Friends, the whole reason why this whole life of Peter is so interesting and is something that we need to really just reflect on is because, as I've mentioned before, God is calling us to be his witnesses. That we are his witnesses not only through signs and wonders in our lives, but we are also witnesses through the transformation that he performs in our lives. When I think about the many times of the things that I know that I've over a long period of time, character flaws that I've struggled with, that God has continually refined me and allowed me to be able to overcome, to be better. Always, every month, every year, consistently, always getting better. That the thing that what Peter, literally, the life of Peter, that's especially important for us to consider today, is because over the last couple of weeks, as we've been talking about God wanting us to be his witnesses, that the fact that he wants to use our lives as a testimony and wants to, to grant us boldness to speak his word, to give us all these things, to, to make us, to, to be able to give us the boldness to go out and make disciples, that he wants to use our lives to, to be able to perform many signs and wonders that when people would come and ask us, what is the hope that we have, that we would be able to speak to them boldly the message of the grace that, that exists in Christ Jesus. That the thing to remember is that all these things that God wants to do, just like Peter says, is not because of our own power or godliness. It is because of God glorifying the name of Jesus Christ through us. And so the thing is, is that it's so easy for us to get so caught up in our imperfections. Hmm? Caught up hmm? in our imperfections and make them hindrances for us being used by God. But what the life of Peter reveals to us is that we should not stand in the way of God using us to be his witness. That just like Peter, we submit fully to God and allow him to use us as he is transforming us. That this is not a case of where guys are like, yo, let me first go and let me first go and deal with some stuff before I allow God, God, I'm going to be right back, but let me first go and like, nah fam, do not allow yourself to stand in the way of God using you while he is transforming you. What Peter the Rock reveals to us as the church of Jesus Christ is that we are not a collection of perfect people doing the will of God. It is a congregation of imperfect people redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, being made whole through their faith in Jesus Christ. We are being made whole through our faith in Jesus Christ. And as I've mentioned before, that the thing that we are being called to, again, as to be his witnesses, is that when we look at the life of Peter, is that do not let go of Jesus Christ. He is the one that promises us justification. 
that we will be made right before God. But he also promises us sanctification, that he will be the one, as it says, who will work in us to will and to do according to his good purpose. And so we cling to him. And again, I say to you guys, just as a reminder, that we cling on to him, that we be like the early church in Acts 2.42, where we devote ourselves to the word of God. We devote ourselves to fellowship and we devote ourselves to prayer. And we leave God to do the rest. That he will give us the boldness that we need to be able to go and speak the word. That he will give us the transformation that we need to see character change in our lives. And to see us transformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. God wants to use us not because of our power or godliness, but on account of his holy name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is worthy because he justifies us and who is holy because he sanctifies us. Hallelujah. Amen. Just like Peter, may your presence bring healing to those who encounter you because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share with someone whom you love. Share with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button. Subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.